Michael, thank you for the message uh, before, because that kind of led us right into uh, the gift of prophecy. Um, the gift of prophecy is not one that I have myself. So I struggled a little bit with uh, trying to come up with exactly, you know, what, what is a prophet and what is the gift of prophecy. So I, I looked through Scripture and... The teacher in me had me just divide this all up into, like, different parts. And this is kind of what I found. There is, in Scripture, there is the function of the prophet, which we see in Ephesians, some to be given, some to be apostles, some to be prophets. There is also the gift of prophesying, okay, which I'll explain uh, a little bit later, and we'll see uh, some of it in the... Uh, the book of First uh, Corinthians. Then there's also biblical prophecies, which you see throughout the entire Bible. For example, the book of Revelation is one big prophecy, pretty much. And uh, there are various prophecies in, in the Bible, starting from the Old Testament on through. And then finally, there's just prophecies that come, like sometimes in a church, uh, we're sitting here, and, and somebody may uh, have the gift of prophesying and prophesy over another person or over a, a group of people, over an entire assembly. And then the last thing is, what if we receive a prophecy, what do we do with it? So that's kind of how I've divided this up, and it's, it's not going to go in any chronology or anything, but I will touch on all of these things as, as we go through them. So I want to go back to a scripture that Brother Jay used last week, and it came from Amos, and it was Amos chapter 3, verse 7, and it kind of defines prophecy for us. So... Uh, if I can find that in my Bible here. Here we are. Uh, Amos 3.7 says, Surely the Lord God does nothing unless he reveals his secret to his servants, the prophets. And that's kind of what a prophet does. He, he hears something from God, usually for somebody or some other group himself. Sometimes... Prophets are predicting things that are in the future. Sometimes prophecies are for other reasons, as we'll see, especially in New Testament and Corinthians. And let's go to 1 Corinthians and take a look at that if you want to open your Bible to chapter 12. And we're going to start there and see how God feels about prophets and how God feels about prophecies. I, I, I want to tell you that um, when Jay spoke last week about prophecy, he spoke a lot about love, about God's love for us. And you have to remember that in Ephesians, when it talks about what uh, the fivefold ministry is before and what all the things that it does, it's really an extension of God's love. So let's, let's take a look at... Uh, at 1 Corinthians, and we'll see how, what God thinks about prophets and prophecies and why he does that. So in, in chapter 12, I just want to look at uh, the end of chapter 12, starting at verse uh, 28. And it says, And God has appointed these in the church, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, administrations, variety of tongues. 
And then it says, are all apostles, are all prophets? And I think what God's saying is, obviously, he doesn't, everybody that gets saved isn't going to be an apostle, isn't going to be a prophet. Are all teachers, are all workers of miracles? Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret? But earnestly desire the best gifts. Now, earnestly desire the best gifts. Well, what, what does he mean? What's the best gifts here? And let's just skip over to, to chapter 14, and I want to show you this. Pursue love, it says, and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. I said, why did God say especially? Why, why is prophecy so important in God's eyes that he says, you know, especially that gift of prophecy. And I couldn't find anywhere in Scripture where it actually tells you why it's so special. So this is kind of what God showed me. What I'm going to say is not scriptural, so you can just take it or leave it however you want to do it. But um, I was thinking when, when you have a very, very special friend, and you're sharing things. And sometimes with a very special friend, you might share a secret that you don't share with everybody else. It's just something that you just you know, do with people that, uh, that are really, really close to you. And I think that's how God looks at prophecy. Because God is saying something to a person that's something that's a secret that maybe other people really didn't know at the time, and especially if it's a prediction of, the, of the, uh, future events. And God is giving you something that is something that's close to his heart into the heart of another person. And if he's doing that with a person, then there must be quite a relationship between that person and God. So I think that's why he says that it's, it's such a special thing. Let's go, I just want to go back to Ephesians for uh, a, a little while, and then I'm going to come back to 1 Corinthians because it does explain something about some of the prophecies. But why, why prophecy? Well, prophecy is just like all the other giftings that God gives, apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists. They have a specific purpose for them. And in chapter 4, um, Starting in verse 12, actually, we'll skip 11. That's where he mentions the fivefold ministry. It says, for the equipping of the saints, that's us, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. A little message that Michael gave this morning was edifying. It was praising, praising to God. Till we all come in unity of the faith. And it's really important. God prayed for unity of the faith when right before he left this earth, when Jesus was down, he prayed for unity. All right? Now, we're still working on that. I mean, the church really hasn't gotten to the point where we're all united. All right? We are in certain things. I mean, obviously, in our belief of Jesus Christ. But there's a lot of things that separate us, too. And I think some of the goals of the apostolic ministry, some of the goals of the prophetic ministry, is to get to that point where there is unity in the body of Christ. And then it says in 14 that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men 
and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. You know, it's, it's easy to be deceived, all right? You, if, you, if you stick with the word, I think you, you'll, you won't be deceived. But a lot of times we get out there and we hear different theories, different doctrines, and so on. And uh, unless we follow that up with the word of God and see if it really matches or not, then we can, we can be deceived. Okay, and then finally in verse 15, speaking the truth in love. And God's word is the truth. Jesus is the truth. So that we may grow up into all things into him who is the head Christ. So this is that, that goal of prophecy. All right, it's very similar to the goal of all the other giftings that we're talking about. Okay, now I apologize. Now we're going to go back to 1 Corinthians. All right, we're back in 14. Now let's see a little bit about what prophecy uh, does here. In 14, verse 3, it says, He who prophesies speaks edification, exhortation, and comfort to men. Okay? Sometimes we, we just need that. We need that, that edification, that exhortation, that comfort. Sometimes we need correction. Okay? Sometimes we're going off the path a little bit, and God brings in some form of correction, tells somebody to speak this out to a person or to a, a group of people so that we get back on the track. And this is God's love. Again, this is his love showing uh, you know, to us that uh, we need this um, correction right now. And I want you to look at also in 1 Corinthians, when we're talking about chapter 12, and he talks about prophecy and apostles and everything and the giftings. And then we go into chapter 14, and he's talking about what prophecy does and how important it is. Look at the chapter that's in between the two of them. And there's that love, the famous love chapter. It's tucked in between when he's talking about prophecies in 12 and 14. You can see how these giftings are all about God's love. All right? And, you know, God would never ever pull these giftings away from us. It, it's, a, it's a sign of his love. There are beliefs out there that today there are no such thing as apostles anymore. There's no such thing as prophets anymore. And uh, when you look at how this is an extension of God's love, why would God want to stop these things that he gave to us? He gave us these gifts. And let's just take a look at one thing in, in Revelation. Uh, Revelation chapter 11 and if, if, if we think that there are no prophets today, well, here's a biblical prophecy of the future. And I'm going to start reading in verse, it's chapter 11, let's see, verse uh, 3. And it says, I will give power to my two witnesses, and they will prophesy... Uh, 1,260 days clothed in sackcloth. I think that's three and a half years. These are the two olive trees and the two lampstands standing before the God of the earth. And if anybody wants to harm them, fire proceeds from their mouth and devours their enemies. And if anyone wants to harm them, he must be killed in this manner. These have the power to shut heaven so that no rain falls in the days of their prophecy. And they have power over waters to turn them to blood and to strike the earth with all plagues as often as they desire. 
when they finish their testimony, the beast that ascends out of the bottomless pit will make war against them, overcome them and kill them. And their dead bodies will lie in the street of the great city, which spiritually is called Sodom in Egypt, where also our Lord was crucified. Okay, so they're talking about prophets that are prophesying. This is in the end time. It hasn't happened yet. Okay, so if you take, pull prophets out, how does this happen? It just, it, it just can't. So th- those are things that um, we need to look at when, when we uh, hear things like that. Now, it says to earnestly desire spiritually, spiritual gifts and especially prophecy. And I hesitated on desiring that because of something I saw in the book of Jeremiah in chapter 14. And you can turn there if you want. If not, I'll, I'll read it to you. Jeremiah chapter 14. Uh, it's verses 14 and 15. And the Lord said to me, The prophets prophesy lies in my name. I have not sent them, commanded them, nor spoken to them. They prophesy to you a false vision, divination, a worthless thing, and the deceit of their heart. Therefore, thus says the Lord concerning the prophets, the prophets in my, that prophesy in my name, whom I did not send, and who say, sword and famine shall not be in this land. And then he says, by sword and famine, those prophets shall be consumed. God doesn't take lightly prophecies and the, 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 uh, the gifting of a prophet. All right? He doesn't accept people that uh, falsely prophesy. In other words, they say they're a prophet and they prophesy so you, in, in, in the name of God, but the, God didn't tell them to say that. All right? So we really need to be sure. Now, God in the New Testament isn't this strict. He, was really, he really held prophets up to in a very high order, a very high esteem, very, uh, very high standard. And uh, back then in the Old Testament, a prophet was zapped. And we've seen that happen. Um, I think it was the Elijah that called down fire on all of the false prophets, and they were all killed immediately, and there were like a hundred of them or something. I don't remember the numbers, but it was quite, quite, a, quite a few um, that, that were there. But fortunately today, God is a little more merciful in the New Testament, and he doesn't really uh, uh, get, get after us uh, about that. Okay, uh, I, I want to talk a little bit about the function of the prophets, and let's look at Acts chapter 11 for a second. In Acts chapter 11, uh, let's look at verse 27. And this was something that was uh, actually spoken about Paul by one of the prophets uh, whose name was Agabus. And it says, And these days prophets came from Jerusalem to Antioch. And then one of them named Agabus stood up and showed by the Spirit that there was going to be a great famine throughout all the world which also happened in the days of Claudius Caesar. Then the disciples, each according to his ability, 
determined to send relief to the brethren dwelling in Jerusalem. So here, here is the, uh, a man that was truly, truly functioned as a prophet. His name was Agabus. And uh, he gave a prediction for the future. And what was God's purpose? Again, it was God's love because he showed uh, what was going to happen in the future and uh, allowed uh, them to be able to do something about it and pre- prepare for it. So just uh, basically a sign of God's love. All right. Uh, biblical prophecy basically is God's purposes being brought about in, uh, in, in uh, many ways and being uh, uh, not only taken uh, as a, uh, something that you learn, but something that you could do something about. Why did God give biblical prophecies? Uh, let's, let's look at Deuteronomy chapter 29 and verse 29. And it says, The secret things belong to the Lord our God. But those things, just in those words, there are things that God does have that are secret. I think one of the best examples of that was when Jesus was on this earth and the apostles asked him something about the end times and when, you know, when all this was going to happen. And Jesus said, even I don't know. Only the Father knows. It's, it's a secret. When is Jesus going to return for the second coming? Jesus didn't even know himself. Only the God, the Father, knew that. Okay? So there are certain things that God isn't going to reveal to us. All right. So if you hear somebody telling you they know when the second coming is and they can pinpoint it to this day or this hour or whatever it is, you know they're false prophets because they, you can't know that. That is the secret thing. And, and God is telling us that here. The secret things belong to the Lord our God. But those things which are revealed belong to us and to our children forever. And what is its purpose? that we may do all the words of this law. See, the purpose of God revealing things to us is so that we do them. All right? There's no sense in hearing prophecy, you know, prophecy after prophecy, and if we don't do anything with it, then, you know, I don't know if God would give us another prophecy after that because you never did anything with the first one. All right? So it's really important as we, as we do receive prophecies, or if we read prophecies in the Bible, that, you know, that uh, we do them. I, I think a good example of this is the nation of Israel, because the nation of Israel probably received more prophecies than any, any other nation, uh, obviously. It was the people of God, and God prophesied to them very often. But what did they do with it? There were many, many times when they just ignored God's prophecies or what they did was they would kind of hire a false prophet to come in and say, everything's great, just do whatever you're doing now, you know, go ahead, keep uh, worshiping your false gods and do whatever you're doing because everything's going to be fine. And you know that Israel went through a lot of times where things were not just fine, all right? They were, you know, taken over by other nations. They were removed from their own nation um, and taken into uh, other, other, other countries for um, 
a period of at least a, a whole generation of, of people before they were able to come back and then rebuild their temple and rebuild their land. Okay, And these are all results of disobedience to prophecies that were in, in Scripture. There are many, many biblical prophecies, though, um, and most of them have been fulfilled. I think in relation to Israel itself, uh, there, there are something like um, uh, all but three prophecies have been fulfilled with the nation of uh, Israel right now. But there's a ton. I think there's something like 28 prophecies in the Old Testament that have already been fulfilled just for that nation alone. But if you take Jesus, uh, you know, the coming of Jesus was uh, prophesied. And then uh, that was obviously fulfilled. The death of Jesus and how he died, the crucifixion, all of that was prophesied in the Old Testament and has all come to, to, uh, to be. The, uh, all the end times from Daniel, all right, almost all of them have been uh, fulfilled already. Uh, the Antichrist in Revelation, okay? We know that the Spirit is here. We haven't really uh, witnessed the uh, true Antichrist uh, yet, but these are all things. Revelation, uh, again, is a book of prophecies. Some of those things have been fulfilled. Many of them have not, all right? And we're going to uh, see them as we... As in, in the future. But um, one of the things that I, I heard somebody preach this at one time, and he said, if you ever hear a prophecy today that doesn't include repentance, then you've got to be suspicious of it. All right? And I don't know if I totally agree with that, because I, there are some prophecies that are for comfort and strength, you know, that might not include repentance. But I think a lot of prophecies, prophecies that you're going to hear today should include that, especially in relationship with the church and, and where the church is, is, is heading in the future. All right. So if we do receive a prophecy, what should we do? All right. And it's, it's interesting in this because there's a lot of what ifs in this. But uh, what I have to say in relationship to that, and not that I've had a whole lot of personal experience with this, but I've had some experience where I've heard other people that have received prophecies and what happens uh, with them. Uh, there, is a, there is a carefulness that you have to have when you're receiving a prophecy. Because usually if, if God's prophesying something to you, you would already have heard something from God in relationship to this. It shouldn't be something way out of the blue that you, uh, you know, you never heard anything like this and it sounds like way out here. And it doesn't mean that you say that the prophecy is wrong or, or that the person's a false prophet. It just means there, there are times when you kind of have to shelve a prophecy. In other words, somebody prophesies something to you and it's kind of like far out as far as what you're concerned. This might be a time when you take that prophecy and you kind of put it on the shelf and you, you don't forget about it, but at the same time, you don't act on it. And I know of a couple, I, I didn't know the couple personally, but I know of a couple that this happened to where they, they had a desire to do something for God. They, they really felt like, you know, they wanted to, to get out and, uh, and, and minister in some way uh, as a couple to God, whether it's, you know, in a mission field or something like that. Well, there was a prophet that came in uh, to that person's church and prophesied to them that they should 
sell all they had and move to California and work with this ministry in California. Well, that's what they did. They, they gave up their jobs, they sold their home, and they moved to California to work in this ministry. And when they got to working in this ministry, after about six months, everybody there realized they weren't supposed to be there. And it was, it was an awful, awful thing for them because they had to come back and, of course, now buy another house, get another job and all this stuff. And I'm not sure what the end of all of that really was, but that was a time when they needed to take a prophecy and put it on the shelf and wait and see what God, where God's leading them in this and, and so on. So we do, we do have to be careful when we do receive prophecies. Um, sometimes they, we've already, God's already told us to do something, and somebody comes along and then prophesies that very thing. And then, now that's more confirmation of God telling us something in, in relationship to something he already told us, and now he's kind of confirming it through other people. There's some examples that uh, we see in Scripture uh, that... Of, of how people handle prophecy. And one of the that, that I think about is the story of Joseph. Now, Joseph received the prophecy that he was going to rule over his brothers. So what did he do? He's a young man. He's, uh, he's you know, thrilled that he received this prophecy. And he goes to his brothers and he brags about the fact that he's going to be ruling over his brothers. Now, he's, he's not the youngest in the family, but he is the second youngest. And he's got about nine or ten brothers uh, older than he is. So his brothers weren't too thrilled about hearing this because they didn't hear anything from God. So um, you know pretty much the story, but God had to work that pride out of Joseph. And how did he do that? Well, Joseph wound up in slavery. He wound up in prison. He spent uh, quite a bit of time there. And God was preparing him. I mean, Joseph... All those prophecies were fulfilled, and, and, and Joseph did great things in his lifetime. But he went through a lot of stuff because of that pride issue. So that's one thing that we just want to be aware of. If God does prophesy something to you, that we need to do it in, you know, take it on in humility. Remember, Jesus is our exa- example. Okay? And uh, Jesus, by the way, was a great prophet. Michael's going to be speaking about that uh, next week. But when you look at the life of Jesus, here's a, a, a man, he's God too, but a man that was so humble, okay, that he gave up so much when he came to this earth um, because here he is on his throne in heaven, has everything he wants, and then he takes on that form of man, and then not only as a man, but then gets treated as a criminal and dies one of the worst deaths that you can, you can die. Okay? That's, he's our example. He's the one, the humility that we need. Another person um, is Abraham. And that's another thing that brings us into uh, one of the aspects of prophecy, and that's timing. Because sometimes God will prophesy something to you. Now, he doesn't give you a timeline when he prophesies. He doesn't say, well, in 20 years this is going to happen. So he might say, you know, you're going to be a great missionary in Africa. But it might not be tomorrow. It might be 20 years from now. You don't know exactly that. And again, it's something that you have to wait and see how God's going to put things in place and, you know, when is that going to happen. 
And you look at the life of Abraham, you know, Abraham, in a sense, was prophesied that he, he was going to have uh, a child that was going to, you know, male child that was going to uh, enable him to have thousands and thousands and millions and millions of descendants. Okay? And Abraham didn't see it happening. It's like, well, you know, ten years have gone by and nothing's happened and everything. So basically he took it upon himself, all right, and because of that produced an Ishmael, which uh, caused, has caused a lot of problems right up until this very day. All right, so, so we have to um, be uh, very careful about rushing into a prophecy that we might have, might have received. Now, there are many of us here that may have the gift of prophecy that don't even realize it, all right? Because God just, he gives out his giftings to, to various people, and he, he does specifically say to desire it. So this is something that I encourage you to do, to desire that gift of prophecy, pray for it, and see, you know, where God takes that. Uh, he may, you may be someone that God wants to, for you to have that gifting. Um, I know uh, the prophetic gifting is very difficult to start with, and I've just, not that I've done it myself, but I've heard this from people who have taught about prophecy, that it's hard to do it like the first couple of times because you're not sure, you know, am I supposed to speak this out and, and so on. And, uh, you know, the, the, the advice was don't, be afraid to try and do that because prophecy is going to be judged. If we have any prophecy in, in the church right here at Bridge Builders, we will judge the prophecy. And, and it does have to line up with God's word. Okay, It can't be something far out and way out. And uh, the, pro- the, the judgment is not correction for the person that tried to do it because that's how you learn. You learn things sometimes by just stepping in and stepping into the water and trying to swim. You know, those things. So uh, I just encourage you to, uh, to pray about it, to try. If, if God is leading you in that direction, then uh, to step out and do that. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you uh, for all the giftings that you give us, Lord. Uh, there are many. There are many in Scripture, Lord, whether it's prophecy or uh, uh, teaching or uh, any any of those giftings, we just uh, Lord, we we just thank you for them. We thank you that uh, you show us your love through many of these giftings, and we pray, Lord, that uh, if there are any giftings that you really want us to be acting in that we seem to uh, not know about at this time, then we pray, Lord, that uh, you will reveal it to us as as we open our hearts, as we open our minds to uh, the things that you've said to us and, and as we read uh, your word, Lord. And Lord, as uh, we have this week coming up, Lord, uh, we celebrate uh, Thanksgiving. We, we thank you that our nation does celebrate this, this holiday, Lord, this Thanksgiving time to you. Uh, we know that our, our nation, Lord, has um, kind of walked away from this uh, with the... Uh, false teaching of separation of church and state, Lord, that uh, has been out there that God can't seem to be mentioned in, in anything that's public anymore. 
But, Lord, uh, as a Christian community, we want to make sure that uh, we are celebrating our Thanksgiving to you. It's, it's not necessarily Turkey Day, Lord, although many of us may have turkey. There's nothing wrong with that, Lord, and we do enjoy it. But we want to make sure that we keep you in mind that day, Lord, that we are thankful for the many things that you have given us and the many things that you've done for us. And we want to bless you that day, Lord. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.